Hey, welcome back everybody to another episode of Paradigm Podcast. In this week's episode, we discuss rule number seven from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. This chapter is titled, Pursue What is Meaningful, Not What is Expedient. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Subscribe to the channel, leave us a like, and drop us a comment. We love the feedback. Thank you very much for watching. All the information will be down below and enjoy the show. For a new set of Bread is a little used to the man who has betrayed his soul. Maybe you're the protagonist in your story, but like there's a million other people. This is our book club meeting on the book 12 Rules for Life by Dr. Jordan Peterson, an antidote for chaos. This is rule number seven. Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. What did you guys think of this chapter? Go, John. I think John's ready to. Oh, I was pointing at you. Like you can start. We can have a circle. But, um, start. Start. Alright, I'll start. Um, I really, really love this chapter. Um, to me, I got, like, a theme of, just, like, a reoccurring theme in this chapter of just, like, sacrifice. And, um, I think, uh, sacrifice means a lot to me, especially in my family, and, like, a lot of why I do what I do and what my purpose is, which is to empower others around me. And that, I think it stems from sacrifice. Um, you know, early, early on in my life, I just saw sacrifice as a really big thing in my life. So that's what I got from this chapter. Nice. Yeah, same Same as well. Like sacrifice is more than like the definition of sacrifice. It goes deeper into like history and then the present and future. Um, I think how he kind of ties it all together is almost like it's a lot, but it makes sense in the sense like, if you don't sacrifice nothing, then you become this resentful person that starts to look at the world in the wrong manner. So that's kind of how I took it. And, and, and even in the title, Pursue What is Meaningful, I think just that quote alone, you can ask yourself, like, I can go to the gym. I guess I could, you could use the gym, for example. I can go to the gym for and say I went to the gym or go to the gym for my purpose. Like, what do I want to do at the gym? Why am I going to the gym and fulfilling your purpose rather than stating to the world, Hey, I'm going to the gym to make yourself feel okay about yourself. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, I like this a lot because uh, I think we live in a world now where it's like such instant gratification with everything we do. And uh, a lot of people don't know how to sacrifice the now for the later. Mm -hmm. And uh, like David and I talked about at the gym a little bit, you know, just a reference to my family, the place we're all at right now. You know, my aunt came from a 10 child household from like immigrant parents mm -hmm. with no money. And she sacrificed a lot of the now for later and like look where she's at in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And if she came from nothing, she can do this. Like there's people with a lot more that don't sacrifice anything and they become. Yeah, it's wild. Downhill, if anything. It's you know? wild. Yeah, definitely thinking about like, I don't want to get off topic, but real quick, but like how how we are born in America compared to like immigrants that come from out of like that blows my mind within itself. Like how many people can make crazy lives for themselves from like nothing compared to people that are born here that don't ever account to anything right. that like just live basic, normal, average people lives. Like it's crazy to me. Like very expedient lives. Yeah. Um, I think this is my favorite chapter. Dude, fire chapter. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that I, I, I like that he dives into the Bible stuff, you know, um, it's put into a different way that it has never been put for. Like he's asking real questions. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me, I don't know if you guys took philosophy, but the question with Rene Descartes, I, um, 
the statement I think therefore I am yeah I've and heard how that he attacked mm-hmm. his problem with that same sort of sort of like start with doubt approach was like I was like just being like I took that class I was like oh my god this guy yeah. is going into it right now you yeah. know what I mean and like when yeah. he said um that vision he had with the pyramids of made of glass and everybody trying to get to the top, top. Mm-hmm. I dude it was just like it was a beautiful chapter so I, I thought it was the best one yet yeah Me real too. quick too I know we're gonna get into it um but me personally, I really like the way Jordan Peterson ties in like biblical stories, like you were saying. Because yeah. when I was growing up going to church, like these stories really didn't mean a whole like they, mm-hmm. they meant something, but I couldn't comprehend things on, on this level. And he's like making it more clear for me to like understand like the mental, psychological things that happen, especially with like, you know, Cain and Abel. Right. And then just the um like the meaning behind a lot of these stories and what they could mean, what they couldn't mean, and what it's alluding to. It's like he almost yeah. breaks down the human psychology behind yeah. what's going on in the mm-hmm. Bible. And I think, you know, it's kind of hard to really grasp what Christianity, what the Bible has to offer when you're a kid. Yeah. Where adults exactly. are not looking into it and we're like, this has a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I really wrote was this chapter was about making sacrifices today for a better future. Mm-hmm. That's like what the main thing I got one of the main things of this chapter, I think, was that. Yeah, I think sacrifice in its total form, mm-hmm. in every, any aspect, every aspect to, is, is... Oh, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. To like, start this chapter off, like the very first thing, it's like, mm-hmm. get while the game's good. I mm-hmm. thought about uh, earlier this year, and like, um, in March, like stocks were crazy. Like everything was like 100% runner off the rip. And then the past two months, it's been a very bad time for like stocks in general mm-hmm. and like these guys my discord channel they're all like hey things are bad right now but if you bank when things were good it's not a big deal you know you just hold your cash wait till the next wave comes up if you're mm-hmm. not experienced don't try to like go lose your money and it, i was like yeah dude game while getting is good and why you can't you know yeah mm-hmm. that's that's uh, me personally this is like my own personal opinion um cryptocurrencies are going to i think for the next couple of weeks um, we're going to take sort of like a um, discounted spike down because it's been on a up rise for so long. And sure. I think the dollar is going to gain more value just because of the whole Biden administration trying to push all these like job infrastructures and trying to prop up the economy with printed money. Um, but in the long run, I think the best suitable things going to be crypto, but it's not going to be short term. It's going to be long term. So if you're holding, it's beneficial to just if you're going to invest, hold for the long term to withstand Biden's at least four years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at least to just break out of this, like, I don't know if we're going to go into hyperinflation or what's going to happen, but I think some form of currency is going to have to take over the dollar. But that's just my personal opinion. But <clears throat> um, get in while the going's good. Like the crypto, the crypto at the beginning of the year, like was just a straight rocket up. Like past two Everything weeks, was up. Things were crazy. So... Anybody have? Um, I, I have something on the next page, but um, I don't. I didn't get anything out of the first few like paragraphs. I want to. I want to say something because I did um, oh. for the first. Um, <clears throat> bro, just the first like um, how we're talking about like the biblical references and um, like how they kind of like just mean something a little bit more to me now and why like how I per like or how I perceive these stories. Like in the beginning it says. Uh, life is suffering that's clear there's no more basic 
irrefutable truth. That's basically what God tells Adam and Eve immediately before he kicks them out of paradise. And like you put paradise with like a capital P. Yeah. Um, and it just made me think like, like that was paradise and there was no sense of knowing that there was um, suffering. And um, like, because look, these are all concepts, of course, like being out of paradise, like that, we're we're not living in paradise anymore. This is like some sort of small this version is of hell or something. Yeah, because like, that, that's that, I was like kind of thinking about that. Yeah, he even says um, he he gives this our existence. Um, he titles it history, where they lived in paradise, and once they ate the 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 fruit or the the um, consciousness to good and evil, then there then that's when history started. They were living in paradise until they ate that, right. and then history started. I, I like how he brought it up earlier in the book too, but this there is one of my favorite quotes because, like, as an especially as a man, but really anybody, but as a man, I personally have felt this before. It's like, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, your dust you are, and to dust you will return. And like he talks about earlier, it's like fire. We're cursed to work the rest of our life just to survive and it's like it's a curse and like to be a man of a household and try to like do a family it's like all that weight's on your shoulders <laughs> nothing's given to you it's right. like right we used to we didn't, it didn't have to be this way yeah <laughs> and it's crazy um to think about women and men i know we all are suffering and cursed to a certain extent but just thinking about the roles and the gender roles and how men think totally different from women and how men have to work for their value. We're not born with intangible value at birth, but women have value from birth. Just speaking on the sexual contents and what they can provide just out of the womb. Yeah. Men have to work for every single ounce and blood, sweat and tears until they get where they're going. Unless you're born into like, Oh, well, yeah, if you're Prince Charles, like a like right, a yeah, so, yeah, you you can be born into wealth and have things. Oh, here's this. Now you can start a million dollar business or yeah. become something. Bruh, and, and I like how in the the next found page, the second page, um, at the end of the the first chapter up there, it says okay. the fact of life's tragedy and the suffering that is part. Wait, hold on. The fact of life's tragedy and the suffering that is part of it has been used to justify the pursuit of immediate selfish gratification for a very long time. Yeah. So it's like almost like because like this life is like suffering or hard or whatever, then that's why people kind of like just shoot for like instant gratification, pleasure, just fucking, and they don't sacrifice. They live expedient lives. In the now. Yeah. Just kind of like fuck it, like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We've all been victims of that. One hundred percent, we're human, and like it's part of it. God's like we're just sinners. The time of that, and maybe as a group, we should just read this one book in the chat book in the Bible. It's called Exodus, and it talks mm-hmm. about like everything in life's meaningless. The walk the fool is a more pleasurable life, but you'll never gain anything. But the walk the path of like a philosopher and of only trying to educate yourself, you soon realize that you'll never learn everything. So it's all meaningless anyway because it's already been mm-hmm. learned by somebody else. And you go, you kind of have to find the balance between both. And I love that like concept of like you need to find the balance with everything, mm-hmm. whether it's yeah, that reminds me of um, like what you used to tell me all the time. Like no one ever is you can we live in such of, I guess, moving forward in history. We live in a, a present moment where everything has already been created in a sense to where you're not original. Everything is original piece of some someone else's. You just define it as original because you're 
unaware that it exists already but how i identify with that is like we live in a world you're not original you're an innovator where you take the original piece and now you have to make it your own and making you an innovator making you something that is special to you unique to what you created perfect example elon musk was he the first person to make an electric car no no but he was the first person to make it great yeah you know jay you got anything um not on that I kind of have my own thing here. It's a couple pages down though. Send it. So, um, Let's, forward. Let's keep it moving, yeah. So uh, I highlighted here on page 166, the future is a judgmental father. Sacrifice now to gain the later. So the first question is what must be sacrificed? Ooh. And I was wondering like, I said when you guys read that, was there something that came to mind? Yes, but it's from my past self, from me coming here. I thought to myself, <clears throat> what I sacrificed to be where I'm at now, because I think it, it's somewhere later in the book, it says, if you don't like what you're seeing now, what can you sacrifice to have a better future later? And my relationship wasn't good. I like, I thought maybe my mortgage was too high and I didn't want to keep welding anymore. And I was like, what, what do I have to get rid of for me to restart? And then, like, I sacrificed probably the only person like I've ever loved because I was like, I don't think it's working out anymore. You know, but if I didn't do that, I don't think I would have been able to grow. So it's like sometimes you got to sacrifice something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of like in, in the same sort of boat. Like, I think that was like the hardest thing for me because I didn't I I didn't know for sure if that was going to like kind of put me into a like the spot where I'm in now or whatever. But I did make that decision and a lot of things did go way better for me getting out of like a toxic relationship but yeah you have to sacrifice like this person that you put so much time into and then like the relationship and all the things you said you were going to do with this person and all this stuff but like it wasn't healthy from even looking back now like looking back I'm like what the fuck like that was not okay for for a lot of reasons not just like the abusive stuff but for me I I don't I don't think I would have had this job right now or or Mm -hmm. like know my purpose or even be doing this right now. I could have been just like still fucking around, just like working at a restaurant or something. You're healthy now. You go to the gym every day. I mean, so many things. That's why I firmly believe like everything happens for a reason. Like even, even if it's not good and it's the worst thing possible, you're meant to go through it for a reason. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, to me for sack, like for that, um, that fault, that judgment is like the, what it was the exact, Uh, the future is a judgmental father. Yeah. So how I think of that is almost like, I look at my past, <clears throat> I look at my past, like more than, not even like my past, but like just a few days. I don't look at like years. I look at like days. And that's why I'm always trying to sacrifice because I understand like sacrifice is for the future. So if I can cut out like the three month drinking thing, I know that I'm going to become better if I do that. I know it's not long term, but if I do it for three months or if I um, sacrifice sleeping in, like I talked about on my story this morning, if I sacrifice sleeping in and I go to the gym more in the morning, I have more time. I can get more things done because I'm not trying to go go to work and then go to the gym and then trying to fit in my work and studying and reading or whatever. I hit the gym as I wake up, then eat and then go work. And I'm like, okay, now I'm free rest of the day. Right. Now what am I going to tackle? Yeah. You know what I mean? So to me, sacrifice is small and big. Like it's just how you define it. I'm always searching for sacrifice because I believe sacrifice is the greater good to your cause of life. And yeah, he kind of almost talks about it. It's like almost what gives us clarity as like humans, you Definitely. know, if we're able, like we're the only animal that's able to distinguish, like if I don't do this now, it will benefit. 
I, I wrote down on a note, I go, now equals tomorrow. Like, we don't realize it, but mm-hmm. what we do right now is the John that gets it tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, um, this this quote, um, I, I kind of just want to read it. Wait, but real quick, oh, what's for you a sacrifice? So, okay, my fault, um, my fault. So, kind of cliche, but like, giving up the social aspect, like sacrificing it, that social college lifestyle to like really delve into it and become like the, the student that I am that applies across all aspects of my life, you know? Amen. Um, and, and it's been, it's been a blessing just like in what happened this week, the discussion I had with my sister and my mom, none of that would have happened if I hadn't been reading books, you know what I mean? But that skill doesn't come unless you fall in love with education. So I I feel like that sacrifice of social over the top amount of social, I've just started jumping back into it now with like this, Yeah, you know what I mean? But I feel like this is a healthy amount, you know, I, I can relate to that. Like one more thing on the sacrifice. I sacrificed a home where I was comfortable and had like lifelong friends and I could have like I had my place secured in life. Right. And I left that for an unknown. But well, look at us now, dude. Yeah. I've like made right. great friends. We do stuff that I would have never thought I would ever be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Seriously, you really don't know. You don't know. It's like crazy. Sometimes <laughs> the journey is the definition of really in chapter or the subheading the delay of gratification. Uh-huh. Um I think it's the same, it's same, the same page thing, uh-huh. um, where it says that something better might be attained in the future by giving up something of value in the present. And then um, the, the paragraph below that, it says, consequent of original sin, Adam's waking of the fundamental constraints of his being, his vulnerability, his eventual death is equivalent to his discovery of the future. Once he realized that his future was death, then that's where the the consciousness um, I guess consciousness mm. mind stays because what are we always thinking about? We're always thinking about the future. Isn't that We're always scary? thinking about, to me, it's not scary. It's almost like I want to live the most fulfilling life. Like where they talk about um, um, the guy that um, I don't know who, his name. Um, he, he was the, the village and they wanted to kill him, but he knew that his purpose was stronger than what anybody would say towards his death. And he believed that God was Socrates. Give, yeah, Socrates. He was giving him an out. And yeah, then, and it was yeah. like, he wasn't going to suffer any longer. He wasn't, and it was almost like to his benefit. And that's how I view the future and, and death in a sense. And, and also learning about stoicism too. Yeah. Knowing that we're all going to die. And if you're trying to run away from that, or be fearful or try to avoid it at all, all costs and not live your life and you're living life on a fearful mentality, then it's almost like you're not taking risk to improve your life. You're not mm-hmm. changing it enough to to live the life you want to live because you're you're so caught up in what if something negative happened what mm-hmm. if and you're living so fearfully the what if the what if person what if yeah yeah, yeah. because it, it says the future that's where you go to die hopefully not too soon right so just before we get off this topic real quick the what if thing like, i think you know i've got it. I'm, I'm a big like, i think we just all, send I think it we all, yeah. but we you know oh. we like to sit here and give the best of ourselves like well, you know i sacrifice this i sacrifice that but to be honest i struggle with the now and the future, because I always say, yo, I could die tomorrow. I want to have a good life right now. And like, I struggle that with myself. It's like, sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm like on this kick where I'm like, it's time, sacrifice for the better. And then I'm like, dude, I could die tomorrow. I want a full send. That's all that pleasure center. I know. And that's it. I battle that because I am pleasure center. I like to have a good time. I think like I could mm-hmm. die tomorrow and like, 
why waste it? You know? Yeah, I think I think there's a natural balance to that though, because mm-hmm. if you're leaning too far left, trying to figure out, okay, like how much can I sacrifice to continue to be better and always live in that, then it's like you never find joy in sacrifice. Yeah. It's like you're just living to sacrifice everything because you think the future yeah. is going to exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The future's not real. It's something that's made up in your head. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's a it's a healthy balance to have that like fuck it. Like I'm gonna fucking do it because yeah. like yeah. I, don't, I don't know if tomorrow's granted. It kind of, um, this quote kind of goes with what we just talked about, but it says on page 170, sometimes things do not go well. Sometimes when things are not going well, it's not the world that's the cause. The cause is instead that is, which is currently most valued subjectively and personally. Um, So it kind of like goes into that. It's like whatever you're doing personally values or person or, um, subjectively something's incorrect and mm-hmm. that's the thing that needs to be sacrificed for the greater good i think that's what because i made a note of what i just said earlier what my sacrifice was i came to that conclusion and i was like what i'm seeing is not right so that's what needs to be mm. trimmed off from my mm-hmm. life you know i'm seeing it yeah so i like how jordan peterson puts it he goes like when you go into your room and you sit on your bed, you look around your room, there's that one thing that bothers you. Like, I can put this away. Like your dirty laundry or whatever. Yeah, and I could do my laundry right now. And it irks you. And do the same thing in your brain. Yeah. That's how he describes it. I'm like, yeah. oh, if you true. put it like that, I mean, yeah, I see easy. that pile of paperwork yeah. I got to read. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, Dude, going to the gym, too. My bad. Um, oh, there you go. Gym yeah. sacrifice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We could be just fucking exactly. Fuck it. It's a It's a really great, <laughs> great sacrifice though i'd say yeah, like, oh, yeah. if anything i've seen this is like actually paying off in yeah. so many ways to me like, that's just not sacrifice that shit fucking gives you tenfold what you put into it dude yeah. yeah i just have a lot of like things going on i'd say like where it's like oh come to this or do this or like i'm like i'm going to the gym but geez. i will say this since you start working out harder is that when i was like damn what's up with you you've been looking you kind of like yeah. oh, you look good dude <laughs> you work out i've said before i say again you make gains in gym, you make gains in life. Yeah. It's just, it's hand in hand, bro. Yeah. Um, staying on the topic of sacrifice, because I've realized that everything is personal to your own personal achievement. And mm-hmm. whatever you believe sacrifice to whatever extent mm-hmm. is worth to you. Mm-hmm. Um, how he talks about Cain and Abel on, um, on 167, he says, maybe the quality of what Cain put forward was low. Maybe his spirit was... Uh, begrudging or maybe god was vexed for some secret reasons of his own and now and all of this is realistic including including the text text of vagueness of explanation not all sacrifices are of equal quality um and i put sacrifice is choice not outcome so it doesn't matter how much you sacrifice if whatever you believe sacrifice is good or better for your future you're not going to get the same outcome as someone else sacrificing the same amount as you and, and then on that note, too, mm. let's just say, for example, me, Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. let's say if I sacrifice $100 a week to a cause, that's like whatever percent of my income. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you would sacrifice the same amount of money, it's not equal. Mm-hmm. It's more money to me. Mm-hmm. 100 bucks to him is like like a quarter. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. it's almost like where you stand to, I think. Or you, like you're talking about, it's not yeah. all equal. Yeah. Because you can... It, you can we can all be sacrificing time to go to the gym but it's within that time of sacrifice of how much you're actually putting into the knowledge of what you're doing at the gym it's how much um uh uh, of of i guess you can keep keep it simple like are you actually keeping 
paying attention to how many, how many reps you're doing, how much weight you're doing. Are you keeping a measurable uh, 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 account of are you progressing? You know True. what I mean? True. Are you moving up or are you just going to the gym every week and I'm at the gym pushing weight every week and not really keeping a measurable, measurable like um, yeah. that you're not keeping track of anything. True. So how do you just I started taking fitness photos and my first one was in, on the 29th of January. Yeah. And on 420, I took another one and I was like, what? Yeah. Nice. yeah I look back at mine. I'm like, bro, like this shit is crazy. Bro. I was like, yo, look at this big belly having So And that's why like the, the Kane and Abel thing, like, yeah, maybe Kane wasn't like he was doing everything, but yeah. it was very, I guess you could just say, yeah, his fast. Yeah, his heart wasn't really in it. He was doing it because Abel was doing it. Mm. Lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, so. um, yeah, dude. Uh, what, what, can you what uh, 167 at the top. Oh, yeah. It's towards the end of the Are period. you, um, just for clarification, are you familiar? Because I know you didn't grow up going to church and stuff. Did you? You, are you familiar with a lot of these like biblical references? No. no. So it, are you just reading it for like the first yeah, time? Like what yeah. the fuck is this? Yeah, so I don't know any like especially the chat um uh Christianity Christianity and its problems. This was mm, I had to reread oh, this boy, like Dostoevsky twice. Went hard. This is, even that, like <laughs> I, I did boy. take I kind of I started to question why I didn't believe because it's almost like when you're a kid, how we talked about like you're pushed into all this knowledge of religion and being good faith and you should believe in this to, but as a kid, you don't comprehend that, but also yeah. hearing his side of things and questioning why, where Christianity comes from and they have wrongdoings too. Right. It's almost like, where's the fault in their narrative? Where's the, where's the wrong and right where they stand? Are they always right? right. And the people that are below them are wrong. He, you know what I mean? I like how he breaks it down where he's like, but really, at that time, it's the best we could come up with to like give ourselves mm -hmm. ritual, like mm -hmm. um, ideology, you know, um, tradition. Right. But uh, it it does need to be questioned. Yeah. They they also talk because uh, they did mention that that um, uh, Christianity, 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 Western Christianity was almost like the best, not the best, but the closest thing to the most morally ethical outcome because yeah. there was already Catholicism. Catholic, Catholicism, Catholicism oh. and then uh, the Renaissance, like how they used to think of things uh -huh. and Christianity came because people knew that hurting others just to hurt people it's like wrong. is wrong. Dude, he went That's hard. fucking yeah, wrong. And he talks about it's like women are valuable. Yeah. Being a slave owner or being a slave, you guys are both equal as human right. beings mm -hmm. because one's not right. It's not wrong either. Like yeah. people deserve a certain... I love it. It's in our constitution. Certain unalienable rights. You know. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys you guys read um, "As a Man Think of How yeah. He Complete um, Compares the Servant or the um, Slave to the Master," and they're both wrong. Yeah. Because the slave doesn't see that. Like the slave wants to blame the master, and the master blames the slave. Mm. But they're both oppressors to each other. Because the servant Oof. is still at the end of the day given the power of like you're the one wronging me. Exactly. Right? Yep, yep. Like he's giving power to so. so Boy, it's again, interesting because we're both humans, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we both have the same power. It's yeah. interesting. It so kind of like puts that thing into perspective too. It's like you can't be a slave owner and be a man of nobility, mm -hmm. right? Like that yeah. kind of like that whole thing. But um, on one seventy three, I have a quote. Yeah, let's keep rolling. Okay, um, I think it kind of comes back into what we were just talking about. But Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about what does religion provide people in his studies, and his study is like it gives them rules by which to live by. Right. And so on 173, the bottom paragraph says, if you cease to utter falsehoods and live according to dictates of your own conscience, you can maintain your nobility. 
even when facing the ultimate threat, if you abide truthfully and courageously by the highest of ideals. What does that sound like? Seven habits. Like yeah. you have to have ideals. You will be provided with more security and strength than will be offered by any short-sighted concentration of your own safety. If you live properly, fully, you can discover meaning so profound that it protects you even from the fear of death. Sure. And like, I was like, this is seven habits. This is literally what like religion is, is like giving, uh, providing people with guidelines by which to live. You know? Like we talked about like way earlier with the seven habits. It's like good habits equals a better life in yeah. like simple terms, right? Yep. And I think mm-hmm. the very minimal, all religion really, but Christianity, because that's what, yeah. you know, we're used to. It gives us a simple guidelines of rules. Of like if you live like, live like these habits. Yeah. At the, at the very least, you should live a better life than someone who doesn't abide by these habits. Yeah. I was driving home literally on the way back from uh, that gathering and my, like my mom is like a, into theology. She does youth pastor, but she has to do like theology and stuff. That's a fun club. Yeah. And so she's learning about her like Christianity deep. So like, yeah. I'm asking her questions like as a scientist, just like, okay, what would this, this, like, it's just like breaking things down, you know? Really exactly. Cool. Yeah, it's really. But, um, so I'm like, the question comes up there. It's like, okay, well, would Muslims get into heaven? And so she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's find out more about it. How, she said, how do you achieve salvation in, as being a Muslim? Right. And so I was like, I don't know. So I just Googled it and it's like, it's similar. And I'm not trying to speak on to things that I don't really know, but it's similar in a lot of ways. Yes. You know, I'm not going to try and say this is how you do it because I don't know, but it was really interesting to dive into that. I've asked, that, I've asked that same question to my aunt. She's very, religious. we don't talk about it right now. Um, we can keep it on the book, but mm-hmm. I would like to talk back on this topic with you another time. Yeah. Okay. Um, something I just, I like this uh, page 177. Um, he talks about hell itself that serves as the destination place of that downward spiral. He talks about um, if you start getting into like your life's hard and you have heartedly going to stuff and it never works out for you and you start this downward spiral of always going down. It reminded me in the seven habits of the opposite. He talked about the upward spiral mm-hmm. and it's like it's so easy for people to get into the downward spiral because it's easy to yeah, always blame easy. somebody. Yeah, But what's it takes some time. It takes some sacrifice. But right. if you get on the upward spiral, that's what pays off. And it's, I mean, it's a little bit of work, but it's just as achievable as a downward spiral. Oh, it's right. a yeah. lot of work. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's that's, just mm-hmm. daily things. Yeah. Even the little daily things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's totally true, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, being that whole mindset of, like, what do you even eat for breakfast? You know, yeah. just the simplest thing. What do you, yeah. do you eat a healthy breakfast? It, it's crazy to me when you start to point flaws in people or even try to help somebody. Um, whatever your, whatever your uh, context of help looks like in the situation, but sure. it's almost like when you show that sign of like helpfulness, they take it as a threat. Like you know better than them. Right. It's like I, I don't know better than you. I just see that this may work. If it doesn't, then don't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's mm. a there's a part right here that like the downward spiral. So many people dive into that because it's easy. It's like if someone fails and is rejected because he refused to make any sacrifices at all. Well, that's at least understandable. He may still feel resentful and re- and vengeful, but knows in his heart that he is personally to blame. That knowledge Ooh. generally places yeah. a limit on his outrage and that's a christian belief you know what i mean all all christians Mm -hmm. at the very end of the day they never blame god for their problems they go what did i do yeah where i fell short or didn't do what did Mm -hmm. did i not do why did i fall short it's not god he gave us everything it's kind of like 
kind of like Cain. Yeah, he's he's a blaming God for a lot of things. Blaming his brother for being yeah. too perfect. And it right. resulted in some like really like terrible like one of the biggest sins of all time. Just like he got straight up murder. And I love when he talks. I know it's like kind of further in the book where he talks about power and like what power can like do to someone. open the gates to someone. You know what I mean? Like if if Cain had hella power and he had it like the, the world like on his hand like he would have fucking tortured Abel just, like, yeah. he would have just like prolonged suffering for the sake of right suffering. Okay. yeah and yeah, like yeah. kind of like yeah that evil part of him would have like enjoyed it like crazy and, shit yeah not just can't or not just Abel but like he would have tormented so many other people too yeah like it's like the power oh you, like, yeah it's crazy there's no cat like there's no cat I mean, no like evil. and then he brings in the Columbine shootings where it was like the same thing like if I can't if this is what the world offers, then nobody should be able to live mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And like, oh my God, bro. What part of the book is that on? Uh-huh. I think uh, it's, I'll get to it right now. But, but I, I love, I do like how everything just falls in place with this book where the last chapter talked about not necessarily sacrifice, but if you look at the world in a very vengeful or deceitful manner, meaning like the world isn't in your favor and there's nothing you can do about it. It's very nihilistic. Like you don't really have actions to take to better yourself, but also if you realize and you're aware that you have all the power, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have nothing physically or materialistic, you still have all the power to change that then you have almost in a in a sense like the nature of our beings at your hands like yeah. if that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you have the power with your mind with your physical ability with everything you're not you know what i mean if you're not like brain dead or like nothing terrible has happened to you right. when you're born you can change your life to a certain extent you know yeah. what I mean? and, and for a greater extent it kind of scares me too like growing up and hearing like oh um like, and this is kind of a controversial topic, but it's, and some people, everybody feels a different way about it. But like when kids hear what white privilege is, what's to say the person that like, that is a person of color accepts that idea and is like, well, if that's the way the world is, then I'll just be, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm kind of scared about that idea being pushed super heavy because it's like, we're supposed to kind of get past that because that's America represents the, the idea that everybody can get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's some dark history, as there is with everywhere, but you can get it here. Yeah, you know that's, what I mean? That's why I like Kevin Samuel so much, because when he was debating that the chick that was on um, uh, Fresh and, and Fresh and Fit, yeah. and he was saying, it's funny how we're sitting here talking about sexuality and how women and, and men aren't equal in a first world country when women have the choice to their opinions and choice. They have free of choice now. But it's funny to me how white women thinks things aren't unfair talking to a black man. Thinks what? Thinks like thinks the world is unfair talking to a telling oh, yeah. and it's like right. what? Like and even <laughs> what? and, yeah, and like, even then um We're all fucking going through something. Exactly. It's like, and, bro. and even then we have the choice, like to me it's like you have you can have two different people. You can have a person that listens to mainstream media, that follows institutions, that supports the huge banking system that supports all that shit and believes in it or you can have someone that's like fuck that i'm gonna create my own banking system i'm gonna create my own company i'm gonna create my own this right. i'm gonna create and then guess what you do you're, you're creating foundations when you're creating foundations there's only gonna be you can only go up from there so right. then what happens hundreds of years from like those banks started from somewhere those churches started from somewhere they didn't right. just naturally spring up and just take over the world and here's i'm kind of tying it back into the book 
It says, Christ is forever. He who determines to take personal responsibility for the full depth of human depravity. Mm. One, that's on page 180. That's kind of like what this is now. It's like, if you want to, re- if you're a Christian, you want to replicate God's behavior. Mm-hmm, sure. God takes full personal responsibility for their, his problem, for everybody's problems. You know what I mean? If you want to replicate that behavior, like there's something you're doing that's incorrect or there's something I'm doing that's incorrect that needs to be changed. And like, I need to take the full responsibility. Take responsibility. Yeah. This, you know what I mean? I love, I love, um, like that, like by all no, no means, like, you know, pretending to be God or having that like right. God complex or just like pretending like you're, you're God. But I really love the idea of like knowing that we have like a piece of like, I think he called it like the spark of divinity. Like, right. We do. Like, We're made in his image. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. It's a choice. Like the God, like the, yeah, it, it is, it is. And, and, you know, if you choose to tap into that part, you know, um, you, you, you do like live according or it becomes you, you are able to sacrifice more you know you, you you're able to do things or live that like christian christian yeah. life you know and you're able to spread that dude yeah you know and yeah like, that's one thing that like i think one of my personal things that I, what i love so much that i found that i like is i think i, I got like a, a good positive outlook on life a good energy right and i love showing people it's like you can do this shit all the time dude yeah you know uh, it, it's like we can have fun and be happy and also sacrifice we can do it all you know all with proportion balance one thing i like to say i don't know if you guys skip past it or not but really kind of it almost hurt me a little bit reading this um he highlights uh so the first humans were really Cain and Abel because adam and eve came from mm-hmm. right God history yeah the first ever human tragedy ever recorded the villain won yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? I think we were talking about that when we were down. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. We were talking about like how. Um, so being a hero. We mentioned, we mentioned that. Yeah. Being a hero is hard. Is what I was getting at. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. like the first ever recorded history, evil one. Yeah. <laughs> like like Oda one, evil one. You know? yeah. Right. Yeah. First first battle. First ever battle. So it's like it's very easy to be evil. It's um, hard to be good. Moving on to the, the the section evil confronted, I really really liked. The part where he talked, like, you know, Jesus was tempted by the devil three times. and What page is that? Uh, I think it's Evil Confronted, uh, 178. Oh, oh, we're taking a step back. Okay. Are, are we? No, we're moving forward. I was on that my quote. Mm-hmm. So can you hear yourself? Okay. Hello, hello. Is my mic? I think mine's kind of loud. I can hear myself from a mile away. But I kind of no, like, no, I can, no, I can no. like okay. lean back. I'm um, with it. Yeah, where he gets, uh, you know, Jesus gets tempted mm. three times by the devil. Yep. And... I didn't really understand these things when I was like a kid, you know what I mean? Like trying to mm. fucking understand. Like the Bible's very, very like deep. It's too much for a twelve year old to understand the Bible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um and um where he talks about like you know, um well, there's this part there's a sentence I highlight says um where he's talking about Cain Cain and Abel and he says Christ takes a different path. His sojourn in the desert is the dark night of the soul, a deeply human and universal human experience. It's the journey to that place each of us goes when things fall apart, friends and family are distant, hopelessness and despair reign, and black nihilism beckons. Um, so he's just like fully walking into like the like the darkness, darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like you know he's he's just facing it. Like kind of remind me how the previous chapter is like stand up with your shoulders back. Like he's looking like death in his eyes, and he's like walking into that. Yeah. And it's 
It's like, because we, we have to remember, like, Christ was like God, like, more more of a spark of divinity, but he was also human at some, you know, yeah. I mean, he was like, he, he's, doing hum, those he's things. God, human incarnate. He's, he was yeah. able to walk with humans and feel what humans feel. Yeah. I just I just thought that, like, the the way, like, he described, like, the, you know, the devil and, like, trying to tempt Christ and he, like, didn't listen to him, but there's, like, what those, like, um, those battles were. What those things meant, you know, like, it was a psychological thing, like, where he was, like, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the temptations was to just jump off the cliff, like, God's gonna save you. And that's, like, a lesson that, like, God doesn't, you don't save test God. You know I, what I mean? love that. That shit's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't test God. Yeah, yeah. God, just not even his own son, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, oh, you know, daddy's gonna. Pre- no. Jump out. He's like, nope. And and he did that because he goes, maybe God would save me, but he wouldn't save normal man. Because yeah. so he's like, I'm gonna walk the life of a normal man. A normal man can yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. And what I really like about this, and for me personally, you know, he walked this trip alone in the dark with no help. And I think one of the hardest things humans deal with is loneliness. Mm. We're like. We're meant to have a pack. It's, mm-hmm. We just need to. And to do, have these trials and tribulations alone, it's like when we feel the most vulnerable. Yeah. So it's like, how human emotion is that, you know? I yeah. think the utmost respect for that maneuver too, because on uh, 183, God was like, if I'm meant to be human, like, I can't do that. Because like, not not only that, but as like a human experience, like, the deus ex machina, the emergence of a divine force that magically rescues the hero from his predicament is the cheapest trick in the hack writer's playbook. It makes a mockery of independence, courage, and destiny, and free will and responsibility. Furthermore, God is no wise safety net for the blind. He is not someone to be commanded to perform magic tricks or forced into self-revelation, not even by his own son. Yeah. And so he, Perfect. he did that knowing like if people... if. I'm going to be written about in these books. I don't know how, what his mental spot was at, but God, if he, he knows all, you know, but yeah, I need to be the humans, the human that I was sent here to be, you know, yeah. if I jump off this cliff and God saves me, then like, what's the, I'm now not human. Exactly. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I like um, how before he talks about those three temptations or whatever, he, he brings up that quote that you had texted us the other day. No, no tree can grow to heaven. Um, Super fire. Unless the roots are well. Crazy, yeah. bro. And that, uh, I think it's encapsulating that idea that we all have the capacity for, like, crazy right. fucking evil. You know what I mean? But and you almost need to feel that. You got to, like, know where it exists and just be like, I'm going to go the other way type of thing. Yeah. For me personally, it's like, how can you be relatable as a person if you're always standing at the pinnacle? It's like, exactly. have, you, have you ever felt desperation? Mm. Yeah. Loneliness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know exactly, dude. <laughs> you know yeah. the I know I have the the quote the I don't know if you got like the quote where he's talking about like the the Columbine um quote where he's like that shit crazy. It's interesting when I'm a human form and I'm gonna knowing I'm gonna die. Everything has a touch of triviality to it. Yeah, I was like I, that shit gave me chills. Like I was like yo, this man's like a demon like no, in fucking human form. Like <laughs> yeah, he's in my human form. No triviality. Yeah. Like he literally. Is- thought of himself as like I've transcended what you guys are living I realize it's all meaningless yeah That's he's like crazy. the devil's punk. Like he's just like oh everybody um and the fact that he said my human form to him like bro what yeah but, um, <clears throat> but he talks about that first temptation too right after um where he's in the desert and he he gets uh the Christ tells him to like use his like infinite power to just like turn mm-hmm. 
water, you know, turn rock into bread, rock into bread and yeah. just make water out of everything. And I like how he talks about, you know, life isn't about getting, getting bread per se, or yeah. what I like bread, the, the meaning of what that means. It's like, it's not what it's about. Yeah. Right. You could yeah. have done that at any time. Similar to that next temptation too. It's like, if you're going to be human, it says here on page 182, bread is of little use to the man who has betrayed his soul. Mm. Even if he is currently starving, bread could be anything. Money, anything. Bread yeah. could be whatever it is. So yeah, if he were to sell out to the devil for whatever, bitches, money, whatever, cars, whatever it might be. It goes back to um, him, um, uh, Frank, uh, um, the guy that got survived the Holocaust and how he survived oh, it. Um, um, Mer- Mer- Merkel, or like um, yeah. Frankel. And how I look at that quote, yeah. um, that bread doesn't mean anything to him. Like when you're even when you're starving, starving when you have no soul, it's yeah. almost like Bars. he he valued his 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 own like humanity more than trying to survive and keep everybody on their like I guess keep them within their their souls mm-hmm. rather than like falling and kneeling to these evil entities, the Holocaust, the the Nazis, the the generals and stuff. It's like. Victor Frankl. Yeah, people yeah. people will die with their dignity and their souls to bow down rather than bowing down to something that is fucking garbage and evil to humanity. Mm. Like, imagine the courage that takes though. Oh yeah, no, it takes a lot. Mili- there's been holy wars all throughout the time. Yeah. Like, dedicate your life to yeah, whatever. To me, no? that's all mental. It's all Ooh. mind. It's all. It's your mind. How powerful is your mind? Yeah. yeah. So something that sparked in my mind after you said, "What's good bread?" If it leads you lose your soul. I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but I really truly believe in demons and stuff. If you believe in God, you believe in the devil. Mm. And at my lowest before I moved out here, like things weren't going good. And like out of nowhere, I'd have these thoughts in my head. Like it's almost like they were planted in. And like it was like, would you make a deal with the devil if it fix all your problems? And mm. I would like have these conversations like, with myself in the car and I'd always be like, I can't do it. I, I can't make that deal. And I'll like say that shit out loud and it's uh, like, it's weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's pretty tempting to make a deal with the devil to fix all your problems yeah. right here and now. But it's like, what does it cost you? And I was so down on my luck. I was like, maybe it's worth it, you know? But like, I prayed and prayed and prayed and like, it all worked out. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes me think of that scene in uh, Captain America where he picks up the super serum. Mm. And he's like, puts it in his pocket and he starts asking people, would you take it? Yeah. And some people are like, hell no. Nah. It's like a sign of the devil. Right. Like, you're going like, to sign yourself away. In that moment, he's like, this is exactly what I need. Yeah. But am I willing to take it right no, now? If it's, is this bread? Is this good bread? This, and I was like, I think that's your real dude. I think that the devil does tempt you. Oh, you know, yeah. When like, you're, on your, like, you're, you're, like, you're on your knees because he goes, huh, you think God's forgotten about you. I haven't. Yeah. You know? That's what's yeah. happening to my cousins yeah. right now, bro. Not only did their mom just die, their sister was taken from them, and then on top of that, somebody robbed their store. Jesus. So like, that's the devil being like, "Oh, so you were, you know what I mean?" This yeah. is that's literally what that circumstance is. Is like, I'm gonna bring you to your fucking knees, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna see what your character is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, and then yeah, there's a lot of yeah. Stuff that's that's that, that's but. rough. Um, I do have kind of previous page. Um, just a statement and then a question for you guys. Um, okay. there's a um quote. A sentence that I like that says, "Conscious human malevolence, conscious human malevol- uh, malevolence can break the spirit. Even tragedy could not shake." Mm-hmm. Um, and even that 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 paragraph before that is um, is very it was very deep to me. Just the, just that sentence, con- conscious human 
malevolence can break the spirit, even tragedy cannot shake. And, and throughout this chapter, he talks about the worst tragedy, the, the worst evil that can com- come on humans is from another human. Right. Like it's yeah. not an earthquake. It's not um, losing all your money in your financial bank account. No, fi- like yeah. it's uh, what another human is capable of doing mm. to another human. Yeah. Like so that shit's crazy. That. Yeah, you're yeah. consciously they, like. They know yeah. what it feels like. He says he talks about it. He's like when he knows. Once you figure out, there's part of how to yeah, hurt yeah, somebody. Yeah, how to, yeah, how to hurt I know somebody, what it means. Like, yeah. you, you know what pain is, and yeah. then you're consciously aware how to do it to someone else. On that same note, if you have God within you. We all show the devil within us. Yep. Yeah. He says it took me decades to understand uh, what that means, um, to understand even part of what that means. It's this. Once you become consciously aware that you yourself are vulnerable, you understand the nature of human vulnerability in general. You understand what it's like to be fearful, angry, resentful, and bitter. You understand what pain means. And once you truly understand such feelings in yourself and how they're produced, you understand how to produce them in others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the capacity, bro. The capacity of what yeah. you could do this. Fucked up, man. Um, yeah. Anybody else? Because I want to ask a question. That's kind of difficult. Ask the question. I really have yeah, a question. Um, so I, it's more of like just me not understanding, or maybe just um, just to paraphrase of what like what this means. Because I understand the Cain and Abel and like how Cain and Abel and them related to to God, but it says um, Abel's a hero, true, but a hero who is ultimately defeated by Cain, like you say, it stated that the first humans were. The, the first human was the first hero was defeated by the villain right. um abel could please god a non-trivial and unlikely accomplishment but he could not overcome human evil mm. and so to me it was like i questioned whether abel was even human at all if he couldn't even relate to another human so is that, is that the thing yeah that's sort of like kind of like like so for mm. for me Abel's a perfect example of a naive person. Mm. He's naive because maybe God loved him so much because he had so much love in his heart. He always saw the good in everything. Even his brother who, on the outside, we would say, hey, Cain's not a good apple. He resents you. But Abel would be like, that's my brother. You know, you don't know him like I do. He's like an amazing person. Mm. He was such a great person to a fault that he was too naive to handle the evil in front of him mm. on a worldly plane. That's sort of like that quite like so is he is he too godly or too too good for his own sake to be put next to other humans? I I think that's a hard thing because like sometimes when you you see all the time when people are too naive they get taken advantage of, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So it's like back to the the balance of life. You can live this upright life and everything but you need to be able to trim off the bad that comes into your life. Mm. If you don't trim your garden up of weeds, eventually the weeds will take over the garden. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, theoretically, I would assume Abel, like, went to heaven. But he got murdered, you know, by his brother. And I think that's a thing, too, his own brother. His own so brother. It could be, that could be, like, your own family, you know? It could be someone really close to you, people that you would never think, <laughs> like... yeah. Just fucking crazy. And why I asked that is because they were both humans put into history after paradise. And we're taught that if your family member is going through a hard time, you're supposed to be there for them. So to what I hear is like, because there's that statement after it says Abel is archetypally incomplete. Meaning that he was almost 
and that he was a god living amongst well, humans. Well, think about it. Maybe, maybe Adam and... Well, this is literally just me speaking, like, on my own mind. Like, if, like, Adam and Eve, right, were, like, literally descended. So, yeah. Yeah. And they had humans after they became human. Right. You know, the That's archetype true. of two humans would just be, like, good and evil. Like, they're, like, the capacity Ooh, for good, the capacity like for evil. And then it was almost like, yeah, like, evil's gonna... And what do they have to reference? Yeah. Like, we can reference all through our history. We can reference... Nazi Germany, Stalin. We can reference Genghis Khan. We have a little bit more to run with. We have history, but if they're the first humans, how do you fix someone who's evil if you don't even know what that concept is? Yeah, and he he's like Abel just thinks he's like good. He's doing good. Cain's just like mm. it just I, manifesting that. Yeah, just I think to, it would. Uh, I think it would almost be fair to say that evil is easier to conquer than um, what was um good. I guess good. I I think like, it's well, yeah. I don't like, understand. So if. So just think of, so this is obviously like how my mind works. Like if there's a progress bar and the highest was hundred percent, you had to get to hundred percent. It would take a longer time to reach hundred percent in the good category rather than it would take, it would be faster if you were in the evil category and trying to reach hundred percent, you would reach, you would well, yeah, reach hundred yeah, yeah. percent evil a lot faster well, and thinking about the, the spiral down. It's a lot faster to reach the bottom than it is the top. Totally. And so that's why I think, Evil will always, and Jordan Peterson says that, like states, he says, suffering is life. And I think suffering comes from the evil that exists within our world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's kind of like hiking, though, right? I mean, half the, it takes half the time to go down than it does to go up, mm-hmm. like double the time to go up. Mm-hmm. Just back to the book because I want to keep it rolling. Yeah, so that's, that's what I had. One thing I, that thought, was one thing I thought was interesting is um, how he talks about Facts are dead, but ideas are living. Mm-hmm. And when you come in, when when you start obsessing over an idea, you literally become an avatar to that idea. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was very interesting. Where's where that? Yeah. Part? Um, Page one ninety five, uh, oh, um, mid chapter, mid paragraph. Because when it manifests itself within a person, it has a strong pro. I can't say that word. To make of that person its avatar, to impel that person to act it out. Sometimes the impulsion can be so strong that that person will die rather than allowing the idea to perish. Mm. Um, and uh, there's more to it, but uh, we literally, once we're obsessed with an idea, like it takes us, like we're an avatar for that idea. So yeah. it can have two legs. It's like your persona, sort of. Yeah. Like it's how you see your own self and your eyes and your mind and your imagination, and you're putting that on the world. And it's harder to kill what you've established in your mind if you told other people and maybe they believed you and you got killed but that idea still exists now because you mm-hmm. put that in the world and just yeah. a time check we're at 50 minutes and i started yeah. late. um i want to just I, I like this quote it says evil amplifies the catastrophe of life increasing dramatically the motivation of for expediency already there because the, of the essential tragedy of being um just back to the the, the um the chapter's title uh like holy shit. <laughs> uh pursue what is meaningful not what is expedient mm. evil amplifies the catastrophe of life if you're yeah. looking for expedience things that are just instant 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 you're almost falling into the evil category of life mm-hmm. because you're not looking for meaning doing what is meaning oh you just quoted that hell yeah, yeah. it's like 201 uh-huh hell yeah meaning Fire. he talks about sacrifice but i think to nihilistic people like nihilism like mm-hmm. there's no there's like sacrifices like meaning like literally anything is meaningless so sacrifice is meaningless so 
Those why, are fucking losers, dude. Why, why <laughs> work on yourself? Why be better? Why, why even have a meaning? It's mm. like they're just, and that is the breeding ground for like just going to go murder fucking that whoever. Was yeah, yeah, just it's like their mind is like those like oh he he thinks there's no meaning. Perfect. I'm just gonna do this so that way he can feed into that whatever it is and just go murder people. Yeah, know. and you know if you have a meaning and everything. You know, there's this one quote the Bible I really like. It was like, God, God provides streams in the desert for those who have faith. It's like, hey, dude, sometimes you might be straight in the desert. And you might be a couple days without water. But if you have meaning and you really put your work to the good, he going to handle it, dude. Just have yeah. faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a quote real quick on 189. We don't have to dive too deep into it, but I think we all kind of know people, if not ourselves, that kind of make this true and like that live this so on page 189 the last paragraph dogmatic belief in the central axioms of christianity had three mutually reinforcing consequences first devaluation of the significance of earthly life as only the hereafter mattered second passive acceptance of the status quo because salvation could not be earned in any case throughout effort in this life and third because the son of god had already done the hard work the right of the believer to reject any moral burden because God had already done all the hard work. Like, I think a lot of people live out there that's like, God will do the hard work, my life will happen and unfold yeah. as it happens. And me personally, going back to what you guys are the quote, um, God is it is not to be made mockery of if you ask for something because you're going through hard times. He's not going to fucking. There was a quote that said it, um, but it's almost like I think a lot of people live in that idea that if I fuck up or if I sin or if I create baby mamas, if I fuck people over, if I stab people in the back, I can God or Jesus will forgive me for all my sins and life will continue on in the greater good. Yeah. Me personally, I think that's bullshit. And I think that's not fair to people that are here fucking doing the hard work. work. I think you should be at the bottom of the barrel. The more you fucking fuck up and God isn't going to save you. So now you have to work 10 times harder because you keep fucking up. It's that's true. how I think of no, shit. Like, that's like, that's you know what I mean? It's like, you don't want to, you don't want to take accountability. Damn. So you want to put that on God, but it even states here it makes a mockery of independence and courage and destiny and free will and responsibility. Furthermore, God is no war, no wise is in no wise, a safety net for the blind. He's not someone to be com- commanded to perform a magic trick or first into self-revelation. Amen. dude. And Amen. it's like, if, if you believe in God so heavy and you praise Jesus, then why aren't you accountable? Mm. I used to think and like my ex would always say some shit like this she's like I'll leave it up to God <laughs> and I'm like hey dude look here's the deal God can show you the path right but he'll never make your feet walk that way yeah. it's up to you right. so if you're not fucking putting the work he's not gonna do nothing yeah. for you it's shit crazy it's like God has blessings for you but he requires work to achieve yeah. you know on that note, you guys cool with wrapping yeah. up? Or- I, yeah, I do want to wrap up with this. This last quote on the very end, it says, meaning is the ultimate balance between, on the other hand, the chaos of transformation and possibility, and on the other, the discipline of pristine order, whose purpose is to produce out of the attendant chaos a new order that will be even more immaculate and capable of bringing forth a still more balanced and productive chaos and order. I think that's like... Yeah. Amen, bro. Yeah. I'm sure we could talk about this chapter another time. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was awesome. So... um. That, that wraps up our questions. That wraps oh, yeah. up our meeting. That was rule number seven. Um, 
pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Thank you guys for your time. Yeah. Thanks for watching this week's episode on rule number seven. Remember, pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to you joining us in the next one. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, drop us a comment below. We love the feedback and follow us on all our social media platforms. All the information will be in the description below. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Much love. Peace.